0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining together today uh, in worship and praising the Lord and giving glory back to Him. He is worthy of all of our praise today. Amen. 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 And if you're not used to being in a church where there's the moving of the Holy Spirit and prophetic word or uh, tongue, tongues and in interpretation, I would encourage you. Um, Just to take a look at in the back of every single one of the seats There is a card that just kind of walks you through Some of the scriptures that go through that and how we should respond To it when we when we experience those sorts of movings and the gifts of the spirit And it's just called gifts of the spirit at praise. Take a look at that read through the scriptures Do some research on your own and see how god said he would move in our midst and and see where you come to Um, That's kind of part of what we're talking about even today uh, this is the third, third Sunday of 2020, which means that we are getting to that point where uh, this, not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, January 28th, is our, what we call our annual vision meeting. Okay, Our annual vision meeting is a time where we just stop and we reflect upon what God has done in 2019, and then we look forward to what we see Him leading us to in 2020. And there are some things that are kind of in the air right now that should be landing in 2020 that we're excited about. It's really not a, a there's it's no frills, we just dive right in and we lay out. Here's where we see God is leading us. What we said God was going to be, we felt like God was leaving in 2019, here's how that worked out. And then as we look into 2020 where we see him leading us. That is not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. And so if you would, make sure to join us for that, whether you're a member or not, we would love to have you there. As part of that, um, we will be voting on board members. There's going to be three board members we're voting on. You can find the bios on those, pictures of those board members on praise.fyi. And uh, if you're not able to make it on January 28th, you can stop out at the uh, welcome or the the praise.fyi desk out there, and they have absentee ballots for you. And so make sure to stop out there. You can see... Uh, on praise.fyi, who those uh, candidates are uh, for consideration today. Consideration today. So um, as part of that, before we go any further, uh, I do want to mention this Wednesday, we normally during our Wednesday night services take time and go deeper into what we talked about on Sunday morning. And so a lot of times that just ends up being a, a, a deeper Bible study of maybe something kind of related to what we talked about on Sunday morning. And sometimes it's, it's kind of uh, just right down the line of what we talked about, but it's deeper. Over the next few weeks as we're talking through the, the Holy Spirit and seeking after him, Um, we are going to be taking that Wednesday night time starting at 6.30, and we're going to spend that time really just seeking after Him. There's still going to be a message kind of encouraging us that way, but there'll be more worship and more prayer. And so I encourage you to join us these next two Wednesday nights as part of that uh, 6.30 p.m. in this room. Join us for that if you can make it. We're going to be seeking the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in this church. Amen? Amen. Good. Before we go any further, then, if you would grab your phones real quick. Grab your phones and open it up to praise.fyi. There under message notes, right at the very top of the message notes, there is a, a survey, and it's a really simple survey. It's just four questions, and I would just love it if everybody in here would take the time to take that survey right now. If you're like, they don't need my opinion on it, I'm telling you we need your opinion. We don't want to skew the results, okay? We need grumps involved too, okay? So if, you, if you're like, yeah, I don't need to participate, you're exactly who we need to participate. Uh, otherwise, we might skew the end results. Essentially, what we're doing is, as part of what we've been doing, as part of this series, we want to get a good feel for where are we as a congregation, Okay, so it's really, it'll take you less than a minute to do this survey. Where are we in relation to uh, how we view our experience with, where we see the Holy Spirit moving in our lives and in this church? And so just take the time to do that. I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit about those results. Okay, Uh, we did kick off a series called God in Us a few weeks back. Uh, And and we're just talking about the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Really, as we were coming to, uh, really out of the fall of last year, really felt like as we began 2020, we needed to take, for lack of a better term, the first fruits of 2020 and really honor the Holy Spirit with our focus and with our attention. And so the first fruits of our focus as a church in 2020, that it would be the, the Holy Spirit, and, and who He is, and what He is like, and, and His ministry in our lives, okay? So we've been doing this series now for a couple of weeks, and it's kind of a slow-moving series. What I mean by that is we really sense that the way we wanted to approach this was not to say, this is what praise believes, and then try to prove that. But instead, what we wanted to do was really just based on Romans chapter 4, verse 3, and Galatians 4.30, where Paul says, what does the Scripture say? To start in Scripture, start at the very base and say, okay, where does Scripture take us? Okay, what does this look like for us? What does Scripture actually say about who the Holy Spirit is and what he says he's going to do in our lives? And let's just follow that path where it leads and so it has been kind of a slow starting and and a slow burn is what I would call it where it's taking us a little bit longer to get where we need to go but I feel like this was the right approach for us. So the first week I just introduced God in us and I had somebody come to me last week somebody I love who said, "Hey, listen, um man, I came to that point where you introduced the series God in us and I thought, "Man, what a great introduction to the sermon." And then I looked at my watch and the service was over. And that's exactly right, because it was just a whole introducing of the series. And then last week we talked about just who he is. Some of those things that, that kind of show us about his character and, and um, the things that grieve him and the things that the Holy Spirit desires for us and, and those promises of the Holy Spirit and what he was going to be like to us. Um, and, and we just talked through that. And one of the big things that I encouraged you with last week is... Is, is just re-embrace the supernatural. Okay, re-embrace, because there are things that are going to be weird to us, because God himself is beyond time and location, he's beyond the universe, and yet he's at work in the universe. And so, for us who are limited, when he moves in our lives, sometimes it's going to come across as weird. And I just encourage you to re-embrace that, to re-embrace the weird aspects of our faith. And those things that that just come across different. And so I got done with service, and I'm on my way out, and somebody comes up to me and gives me a big hug and says, you told us to embrace the weird. (laughs) So I laughed out loud because it was humorous, and I moved on, and a second person comes up to me and gives me a big old hug. And, I, and they said, you told us to embrace the weird, and so I chuckled. <laughs> Continue on my way, a third person comes to me and gives me a big old hug. I didn't even let them talk. I excommunicated them from the church on the spot. I said, you're no longer allowed to come to this church. No, I'm just kidding. But three people thought the same joke, and it was hilarious, Okay re-embrace the weird of your faith does not mean hug me i'm saying don't be afraid of that which god does in our lives that at first may seem out of out of place with how he moves because he is a god who is beyond us and his thoughts are not our thoughts and so as we just seek him he is good he is faithful and he will do good to us Uh, just this last week on tuesday i was I was, um, Liz had a, an appointment for dinner, and so I was coming home from work, and I got home, and the dinner was already ready, right? Like, so, so I, this is easy. The kids had already taken their showers. It was, like, the easiest evening it could be. But then we told the kids, hey, Mommy is leaving. And my kids were, like, devastated about that. They, like, were like, no, Mommy's gone and I said I mean I was hurt like what what am I you know and so I said to them listen it is good for you if your mommy goes away (laughs) because the comforter has come (laughs) I said this you can ask him and I said and he brings good gifts (laughs) so after dinner was over we had sherbet for dessert and we had a joke show, like everybody got to tell jokes, and it was great. And then we got to watch two of their favorite show, two episodes of Investigators. For those of you who have any idea what that is, the kids loved it. It was a great day. And, and here's what Jesus said. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so will your heavenly Father give good gifts to you, right? These are not things that we should be afraid of. He knows how to give good gifts to us. And he wants good for us, so if we receive it, it's going to be good. It's going to be good for us, okay? So, so this isn't something to be afraid of. It's something to press into today. So here's what I want to do today. With one screen that works, you're going to have to probably pay a little bit more attention into your Bible, and so if you would, grab your Bibles at this point. All we're going to do is we're going to read uh, four different passages, Two of those passages are going to be in the Old Testament. Two prophecies about what the Holy Spirit would do in our lives. Okay, two prophecies in the Old Testament. And then two promises in the New Testament about how he is working in our lives. Okay, so two Old Testament passages, two New Testament passages. And all we're going to do is we're going to hold these things up and we're going to say, what do these speak about how the Holy Spirit moves in our lives? Okay? So grab your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible with you, there are some that are spread out throughout the seats today. If you grab one of the church Bibles, we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36. This will be in the church Bibles 724. You can also grab your phone and open it up to praise.fyi, those message notes. You'll find all four of the passages we're going to be reading through right there along with an opportunity to take notes today. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 36, this is a passage that I have read um, at least three times to you this last year. It's such a good passage. It's something that uh, obviously you'll see pretty quickly why this is a, a passage that I've clung to over the last uh, year. But uh, Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 25 is a promise from God about what he is going to do in our lives. It is a prophetic a promise to us. And it's Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25. Here's what he says I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. So he uses this image of a ritual that they would have gone through. To be prepared for religious service. And he says, that is an image of what I am actually going to do inside of you. I am going to cleanse you. But when I cleanse you, it won't be just an exterior cleansing. I will cleanse you in, in your idolatry, in your heart. I am going to cleanse you completely. Okay? So he continues. And I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and and give you a heart of flesh. In other words, I'm going to not just kind of make you look good on the outside. I'm not in this to go skin deep, he says. He says, I am literally going to go to the heart of the matter and I am going to take that heart of stone, that hard heart, I'm going to pull that out, and I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit. I'm going to make you new. And I'm going to put a new heart inside of you. And when I do that, all of a sudden, you'll no longer be operating from a heart of stone. You'll be operating from a heart of flesh. I'm going to make a difference inside of you, and that will work outwards. Now you can tell why this has been a passage that I've gone back to over and over and over again. But that's not all of it. Verse 27. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to be careful to obey my rules. It says, not only am I going to do all of that, but I am going to put my spirit inside of you. And when I put my spirit inside of you, it's no longer going to be conforming to an external pattern. But the Holy Spirit is going to be so working in you that you are going to want to do what I want you to do. I'm going to make you want to obey my commandments. No longer is it going to be a forced thing where you hold the papers and you say, check mark, check mark, check mark. Now it is the Holy Spirit inside of you turning the direction, the wants, the desires of your heart towards those things that I have called you to and promised to you. What a prophecy. And this is happening by the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. What an amazing thing that is. Okay, so this is the first prophetic passage. And and if you would stick your finger there right now, and and we're going to flip over to Joel. Okay, so if I were shooting from the hip, I'd say it's about 48 pages to the right. Oh, there it is. 48 pages to the right page 762 this is if you if you get to daniel keep going if you get to hosea keep going if you get to joel that's where you're supposed to be anything beyond that you went too far joel chapter 2 this is another prophecy uh, another promise for us about what the work of the holy spirit is going to be like in our lives and it's a passage many of you have read so we've just read ezekiel chapter 36 we're going to be back here in a moment So just flip over to Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Here's what it says. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my Spirit. So another promise to us about the Holy Spirit working in us. And this one is, it doesn't matter who you are. It's not just for the person at the top. Right? I'm not just going to pour out my Spirit on the person who's in charge, the leader, right? I'm going to pour out my spirit on everybody. And and even those who are the male and female servants, right? Like they're going to have the same experience as the person who's leading the thing. And this reminds me of, and we're not going to turn there because I told you we were only going to read four passages, so I have to stick to the four passages. But, but this reminds me of Numbers chapter 11, where Moses is He's 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 been leading the people, but he can't do it all on his, on his own anymore And so he recognizes I gotta I gotta involve other people and god tells him choose 70 And so he chooses 70 and god says i'm gonna pour out my spirit on them And so he brings them together a couple of them don't get there in time Or whatever it is and god pours out his spirit and they all start prophesying and speaking and, and it was an amazing thing right and then Joshua sees these guys prophesying, and he comes running to Moses, and he says, Moses, Moses, you've you got to stop those guys, because you're the prophet, you're the one who does this kind of thing. And Moses says, why are you jealous for my sake? Numbers chapter 11, verse 29. Why are you jealous for my sake? Don't you get it? I would that everybody would do this. I would that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And this seems to be a prophecy as an answer to that prayer that Moses prays. He says, I am going to pour out my Spirit on everybody. And when I do, everybody joins in. This is not an experience for an elite few. It is for everyone. Now, when I read this promise, prophecy of the Holy Spirit, And then I flip back to Ezekiel chapter 36 and read that again. It's the same Holy Spirit, but it almost seems like it's two totally different things that are promised here. Right? In Ezekiel, there's this promise of, I'm going to make you new. I'm going to take out that stone heart from you. And I'm going to give you a new heart. And then I'm going to clean you. I'm going to clean you from the inside out. And more than that, when I put my Holy Spirit inside of you, here's what's going to happen. You're going to want to do what I want you to do. So there's a promise of being cleansed And a promise of being uh, made new and the old being gone, right? There's a promise of wanting to, 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 to obey the commands. What Romans calls obedience from the heart. This is the promise of Ezekiel. But then you get over to Joel and the promise is different than that. Here the promise is a promise of power. It's a promise that they're all going to participate that there's going to be prophetic ministry, that there's going to be uh, charismatic experiences for them. And there is not a single promise here of any kind of moral renewal. Two totally different prophetic promises, the same Holy Spirit. Now let's flip over to the New Testament. Go to Luke in the church Bibles, it'll be on page 858, Luke chapter 3, and we're going to start reading in verse 15, Luke chapter 3, verse 15. And this is during the ministry of John the Baptist. At the top of mine, this whole area, it's called section of scripture, it's titled John the Baptist Prepares the Way. John the Baptist is doing his ministry. As part of that ministry, he's calling people to repent, to turn from their old ways to a new way. And as a symbol of that is baptism. The old is gone, the new has come. It says turn from the old, turn towards the new. This is John's ministry. And all of this is preparing the way for Jesus Christ. That's what Scripture says very clearly. It's what John the Baptist says. Verse 15, though, people start wondering, is this the guy? Like, is this the guy? Is is this the one? Okay? Verse 15. As the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Christ, John answered them saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. You think I'm the guy. I'm not the guy. There is someone who is coming after me who is bigger and he is better. And listen, I'm not worthy to shine his shoes, right? Like, I'm not worthy to be able to just grovel at his feet, to even serve him in untying his sandals. This is who is coming. And then he says, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So when this one comes, he brings with him... A different kind of baptism. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit, and when that happens, there will be fire. There will be power. Okay, one more passage. Flip over with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have one of the church Bibles, it'll be on page 959. It's the last passage for today. Told you it. It's true. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Here's what it says there. For, just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Essentially, yes, I know That we're different, right? Some of you are weirder than others of you, but here's the thing. It's all the body of Christ, right? We're all just different parts of the body. Continues on. For in one spirit, some translations, by one spirit, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So this is saying that there is another baptism. That there is a baptism by the Holy Spirit into the body of Jesus Christ. Okay, I just told you that there is a baptism by Christ into the Holy Spirit. Here, there is a baptism by the Holy Spirit into Christ. You might think that those are the exact same thing. They are not. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 talks about the baptism into Christ, and here's what it says. It says, when we are baptized into Christ, we become sons of God. Okay? Not only sons of God, but heirs and co-heirs with him. That's the work of the baptism into Christ by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 6, verse 3, that says that when that happens, the old is gone, sin is gone, the flesh is crucified with Christ, is what it says. When we are baptized into Christ Jesus, right? The old is gone and the new has come. That is the experience of the Holy Spirit baptizing us into Christ Jesus. But John promises us that when Jesus Christ comes, He will actually baptize us into the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, there will be fire. There will be power. So now we have two Old Testament passages One which promises that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will remove the old and make us new. That he will change us from the inside out. And we have another one which promises us that when the Holy Spirit comes, we'll be filled with power and equipped. Now we have a New Testament passage which says that the Holy Spirit will baptize us into Christ. And when that happens, we'll be made new. And another passage which says that, the, that Jesus Christ will baptize us into the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not strange doctrine. This is right out of an Assemblies of God white paper. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not out there here. And I have actually, again, my ordination card. I actually have two of them. I have last year's too, in case you were wondering. Okay, so this is not strange doctrine. Jesus Christ baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ Jesus. When the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ Jesus, that is salvation. When Jesus Christ baptizes us into the Holy Spirit, it's a totally different and new thing for us. It is a power for us. This is not something to be afraid of. But what I do think happens then is a lot of times as we read the New Testament and we're looking through this stuff and we're reading it, a lot of times I think we misapply and say, this work of the Holy Spirit is a result of Him baptizing us into Christ. Or, or maybe it's a result of Jesus Christ baptizing us in the Holy Spirit. It can kind of turn back on itself. And that's even when I was started this whole series and I was preaching from John chapter 14. I said, man, I think I'm, I'm like 83% sure that this is talking about salvation. I wasn't making that up. It really is sometimes hard to say, okay, is this a result of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, or is it the result of salvation? And what I see is this. I think that there are, and this is me, okay, I think that if it's talking about the renewal of the Holy Spirit inside of us, changing us, sanctifying us, making us more like Christ, that is a result of the Holy Spirit. At salvation and forward working in us. And if it's talking about power and equipping, that is the result of the baptism in the Holy Spirit and forward the Holy Spirit working in us. In fact, I would go so far, and this is me, not the Lord, I would go so far as to say, I believe the fruit of the Spirit are the result of the Holy Spirit in us from salvation. And the gifts of the Spirit are the result of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Here's why I would say that. I know a lot of people who are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, but exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. And I know some people who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit who do not exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. And that sort of thing then makes me pause. What in the world do we do with all of that? So I gave out that survey that you guys took just a moment ago on Wednesday. And it was interesting to see the responses. Now, that group on Wednesday, it's a good group. Say that right up front there was not exact consistency on whether or not they had experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit with other languages as the Holy Spirit gives utterance from Acts chapter 2, verse 4. There was not across the board I've experienced this. And there was not across the board consistency with whether or not that's even right, whether the teachings of Praise Assembly are right, is not exact consistency. There was not exact consistency on that terrible question that I forced people to answer. Some people said, I'd rather have the fruit of the Spirit. Some people said, I'd rather have the gifts of the Spirit. Some people said, don't you dare ask me that. I want it all. No consistency on any of those there was 100% consistency on do you want more help from the Holy Spirit in your life? doesn't matter. Every single person said yes. If he's given it, I want it. If he's provided it, I want to desire it. And a major part of our faith, this is huge, a major part of our faith is curating our heart's desires so that we desire what he has provided. Okay? That is a huge part of our faith. Making sure we desire what he has given. Before I became a believer, I worked at a store called Sears Roebuck and Company. Um, You know what's interesting about Sears? In 1993, they uh, made the decision to pivot away from their catalog. Here's what it came down to. They were getting killed by Walmart and Toys R Us. So they said, in 1993 we are going to double down on brick and mortar. They completely cut out their catalog system. They laid off 50,000 people. They had all of the logistics in place, all of the systems in place to be Amazon before Amazon. But as they looked at it, they realized... We're getting killed, and rather than sticking with this, we're going to cut this whole area out, and we're going to double down on brick and mortar. Didn't work out for them. (laughs) Didn't work out for Toys R Us, but regardless. So instead, they pivoted towards and decided that what they were going to do is they were going to focus on the softer side of Sears. They were going to focus more on selling to women. So as part of that, I was hired in the women's shoe sales department at Sears. This is real, okay? And I started selling shoes at Sears. And I sold shoes, and I sold shoes, and somewhere along the way, I realized that I didn't just have to sell shoes, that I actually could make an extra stream of income if I could get these people who are coming to buy a pair of shoes to also get a credit card. So I became number one in my store, in fact, number one in our region, for getting people to sign up for credit cards. This is part of the reason why maybe I'm so debt-averse. It's like my own little penance, right? Because like, the thing was, as you came through the sale, all you had to do is wait towards the end and tell them, do you want to save 10% on this order? It doesn't matter if it was $20 shoes and the savings was $2. People would do it. And I would regularly sign up credit cards. And so I kept getting promoted in the store, and I went from shoe sales to, uh, uh, like, hardware sales, and then from there to appliances and, and lawn and garden equipment. And I just kept making more money because it was all commission. It was great. And I went through—I helped Sears will always have, like, a special place in my heart. like Because I went through high school, through Sears—I mean, like, not through Sears, but I— I worked at Sears well through high school and then even into college, okay? I get out, accept Jesus Christ as my savior, moved to Springfield, Missouri, and really felt like the Lord was calling me to ministry, and somebody told me one day, said, You know, Alan, I think that's right. Because you have that salesman mentality. said, You have the natural giftings you can speak to people and You just are selling the gospel. And boy, when that person said that, it really kind of hurt my heart. Like something seemed off with it, but I couldn't quite communicate what it was. It's almost as if like, I have the natural ability to make this thing happen. And maybe, just maybe, if I were just trying to get people to sign on the dotted line, that could be the case. Just as I'm working through a sermon, I just slip in at the end. You can be saved if you sign on this dotted line today. But when I read Ezekiel chapter 35 or 36, verse 25, that is so much more than signing on a dotted line. That is the working of the Holy Spirit inside of somebody bringing about a miraculous change and the moment we think we can do this on our own is the moment it all crumbles because when we just depend on our own strategy or we just depend on our own natural abilities then there will come a time when it makes absolute sense to do something It'll be 1993, and it makes absolute sense to get rid of the whole catalog. Why? Because that's the natural. Strategically, we're getting killed here. But supernaturally, we could have insight into something beyond the natural. This is why we cannot depend upon just our own ability, but instead we need to seek the Holy Spirit. And so each and every one of us, wherever you are in your faith, listen, you need more of him. And you need more renewal and more making new. You need that. You need more fruit in your life. More than that, you need the equipping and empowering of the Holy Spirit. Because if you go about this thing in the natural way, you'll get the natural result. But if you go through it in the supernatural way, you'll get the supernatural result. Don't depend on your own natural ability. Instead, depend upon the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. So when you work you know what to say and what not to say. And when you interact with your neighbors, you know what to say and what not to say. And when you're at your kid's school, you know what to say and what not to say. You know what the Bible says about what we're doing right now? We talked about this on Wednesday night. This whole gathering of the church thing, Galatians chapter 5 talks about this, right? Where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It also says this. That if we are gathering in our own natural ability, here's what will happen. Because you get a bunch of people together, empowered naturally, and natural things will result. You will see the worst in each other. Why? Because you're going to watch over time as kids make bad decisions or people make bad decisions. And what it says there in Galatians chapter 5 is the end result of you as a body of people naturally. What will end up resulting is it says that you will bite one another and devour one another until all of you are consumed. Hear that again. If we go about this in the natural way, totally natural, what will end up happening is we will bite and devour one another and then we'll all end up consumed. But if we go at it supernaturally in the power of the Holy Spirit, then he builds us stone upon stone, person upon person into the body of Jesus Christ. That is something only the Holy Spirit can do. We need more of him. And I don't know what you believe today, but you need more of him. Seek him. Seek his spirit. And he will work in your heart in such a way that you desire what he has provided. And you want to do what he wants you to do. Seek him. And he, by his Holy Spirit, will empower and equip you for the work of ministry. To build those around you up instead of tearing those around you down. He will give you the words to say when you stand before those who do not believe. He will tell you when to be quiet and just listen. He will do all of these things by His power, not yours. Supernaturally, not naturally. The worst thing for us is to just go through this thing in a natural way we'll get all kinds of indication that we're doing okay when in reality we're biting and devouring and all of us are ending up consumed we need him more amen would you stand with me today i think it's appropriate for us to end with that song today and just seek more of him we need the holy spirit today we need his power in our lives We need him renewing and refreshing and changing hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. There's nothing we could want more than him and his power today. Let's worship the Lord.